thank you for all those who were involved in, in putting that video together. Um, we didn't see that until yesterday was, uh, was the first time we got to see it. And I just love how rather than one person or a couple of people sharing the vision, that's us sharing the vision to us. And that video is going to go on the website and we're going to see that quite a bit. And it really does um, show the, the um, multi-generational and um, the, 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 the way that we, we, from young to old, um, are embracing and looking forward to what's to come. And um, we're multicultural and we're open to everyone to walk through the doors. And I love how that video reflected that. How many know it's 2020 next year? Time is flying by, isn't it? It's interesting, uh, the, the whole 2020 idea and when we're talking about vision, because if, as you know, if you go to an optometrist, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear him say, you have 2020 vision. Hands up who think they've got 2020 vision. Not too many of us. <laughs> Not too many of us. So, you know, 2020 eyesight is, is good, clear vision. The optometrist would say, you've got, you've got perfect eyesight. You've got clear vision. You've got crisp vision. He would say that, or she would say that, you're able to see up close really well and you're able to see into the distance really well. That 2020 vision. And, and so I guess today what we want to do is we want to talk about what does it look like for us to have 2020 vision as a church, not just for next year, but into the new season that we're moving into. We want to have a vision that is God's vision, that we can see what God sees up close now in the next few minutes, hours, days, but also what he sees in the distance. Because you get that God sees our vision crystal clear. He's got a razor-sharp focus on who he wants us to be personally and as a wider church community. Simply, what we're about is finding out what God wants us to be about. What does God want Hume Ridge to be about moving forward? And over the next few weeks, we're going to look practically at the outworking of the vision that we're about to talk about. So we can't put it all into today, and I'd encourage you to be coming along over the next six or seven weeks as we unpack in detail the different parts of the vision and the calling and the direction we feel God's calling us to. But I want to, I want to start again with, a, with a, a foundation that says, relax. Because often when we talk about new direction and new things and new vision, we go, whoa, hang on. What's happening here? I want you to relax in the knowledge that we are firm on who God says we are as individuals and as a church. That will never, ever change. The message of Jesus in this church has been resounding through the years, 137 years. And it will not change. However, the way that we go about presenting the message needs to continue to change. And that's what we're looking at. God, what are you looking at the way we do things? I shared, I think, maybe the first or second message I was ever here. I shared about in where we used to live on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria that there are lots and lots of church buildings. And many of them are now cafes and restaurants. And, and people don't gather together anymore. And those church communities have dwindled away because they've continued to live by the words. There's seven words that church leaders and church growth leaders say kills the church. And those seven words are, we never did it that way before. And those seven words have killed many churches because we've sort of said, we're always going to look like this and do this and be this way. And sometimes God says, I want you to reach, I want you to experience more of me. Would you be open to the more that God brings? So today, and over the next few weeks, we're going to look at practically outworking this vision. What we believe is the call for not just Hume Ridge, but for every church. 
However, this morning what I want to do is I want to look at the unique thumbprint that we as a, as a board of elders and a ministry team believe God is saying is the unique thumbprint for Hume Ridge. So we're called as the Christian church to be about certain things that all churches should be about. But there is a unique thumbprint, we believe, and a unique God thumbprint on every individual church. That's why churches are different. And so today what we want to do is we want to talk about what in this season right now, with 2020 vision, what's the unique thumbprint God's calling us to be about right now? I want to start with, with a passage when you talk about vision that every leader and every pastor refers to, and it's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it says simply this, Without a vision, the people perish. Another translation says, without a vision, people cast off restraint, which means just people are everywhere. There's no unity, there's no direction, there's no focus. And so I guess what we wanted to do was just come together and say, what does the new season look like? And I remember in the very early times when, um, when we were just in, in conversation with a, with a search team that you had selected, as, as your elders had selected to search for the, the new ministers when, um, when Dale and Wendy had said that they, they feel God's moving them on. And I remember we sat down and, and the conversation we had, and I think the first conversation, the interview we had with, with John and the team was, so John, what are you looking for? What do you feel the church is looking for moving forward? And they said, we know this is a new day. <clears throat> and we know we're moving into a, a new time. And we feel like God's, God's bringing a new vision. And we want the new pastors to help us to discover what that new vision is, that we can step into it, that we can be all the humorage wants us to be. And Kaz and I, when we heard that, we just, we just leant in because we said, that's exactly what we want to be a part of. Hence, we're moving forward into this. <clears throat> How many have heard of the name Ernest Shackleton? Anyone, anyone, any historians? Wow, look at all those names. You may have even heard about him from here. He's, he's a British explorer, was a British explorer in the early 1900s. And he, um, there's been some published details about his expeditions. But one of the most... most um, the ones that most people know about is the expedition called the Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition. And what he did was he crossed the Antarctic going right across and through the South Pole. It had never been done before. And legend says that Shackleton's newspaper article and the wall notice that he put up on the wall as he was looking for a crew to come with him on this vision, on this adventure that nobody had ever done before, as he was trying to recruit just the right people to narrow down so that he could just get right the right people. This is what he posted on the wall. Bring that up, guys. This is his ad. Let me read it to you. <laughs> Men wanted for hazardous journey. Are you starting to feel like you want to put your hand up yet? Let me read on. Long hours, sorry, low wages, bitter cold, Long hours of complete darkness, safe return, doubtful, honour and recognition in the events of success. So if we survive, there might be a bit of recognition. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm not pumped up to go, pick me, pick me. Anyone else in the room? You kind of read that and go, you really wanted anyone to come with you, Ernest? But I want you to know that hundreds of people applied. Hundreds of people just reading that said, I want to be part of something special. I want to be part of something that, that hasn't been done before. I want to be a part of this. And he had hundreds and hundreds of people apply to go on the journey with him. For me, that's not a vision that captures me. But it seems like for many of us, we, got, we want to be after something that's bigger than ourselves. 
For many of us, we want to be part of something that, that reaches out beyond what we can do personally. And I believe that what's, that's what the church is called to do. Individually and as a church community, we're called to go far beyond what we could achieve on our own. The elders and the ministry team have spent hours praying and seeking God and going on retreat for the vision that we believe he would have for us in this next season at Hume Ridge. This next season enables us to stand on the shoulders and honour those who've come before us. As I said, 137 years of faithful men and women, and many of you have been here not quite that long, but, but a long time faithfully serving God, faithfully seeking to reach the lost, faithfully seeking to use your gifts and abilities. And we've seen ministers, not just senior pastors, but ministers, men and women, come and go and, and either move on to other callings or, 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 or die within being in the life of the church. Over 137 years of Christ followers. And as I look back over that history, as I have over the last few months, it's been times that this church has followed God and taken courageous steps of faith that God has truly blessed and grown this church. It's not the times where we've kind of maybe sat back and just cruised, but it's the moments where we've heard God's voice and we've stepped into it that God has brought incredible growth, not just numerically, but in the lives of people, where we've seen people come to know Jesus, where we've seen other people recognize their spiritual gifts and come alive in the things of God. It's been the times where we've pressed in and stepped into the things of God and not sort of stood and waited necessarily for God. A great example of this is that bold step, that bold move that you took when you, when you left Margaret Street. Beautiful building in Margaret Street. And that bold step, we decided to, to leave and to, to buy some land in the middle of nowhere with nothing around and to build a building. And many would have said, and I'm sure some even in the, in the community of faith would have said, what on earth are we doing? But God had planted a vision in the leaders of the time. And then to move here and then go, this is great, but we feel like God's calling us to do something quite significant. And so then to build a 1,500-seat auditorium. And the church was nowhere near that size, but with faith to believe that God was going to come. And look around right now. Look around at the number of people here. And God wants to continue to bring. And then we've got a night service tonight. God wants to continue to bring people. But if not for the vision of the leaders and the eldership and the ministry team, to seek God and say, God, we know what we think, but what do you think? And then to step in faith out into that. Powerful. Following God's leading. I want to share a, a, a story and... Um, I'm sure Jen won't mind me saying this, but um, Jenny popped in um, on Jenny Savile, I should say, um, who uh, is one of her pastors here. She popped in on Thursday or Friday, I think it was, to and, and saw some of the changes around the place. And Jenny's dad and Christy and the, and, and the family's dad, Bruce Armstrong, many of you would know, was been a significant senior minister here for, for 20 years, prior to Dale's 20 years in this church. Much loved. The last two senior pastors, Bruce and Iris and Dale and Wendy, have been much loved people who've created an incredible foundation and, and we honour and bless them today. But Jenny walked around and, and, and she felt in her spirit that God said, go and bring your dad and show him. And so many would know Bruce is not out and about too much lately, but she called and, and she went home and she popped in and said, Dad, would you like to come? We've, we've been doing some renewing around the church. Would you like to come? There's a new vision. Would you like to come? And so Jenny popped in and, and picked him up. And he doesn't get out very often, but he came. And he walked around. And he saw some people. He saw Kent and a few others and shook some hands. 
And, um, and he walked around with this big smile on his face. And he turned to Jen and he said, how good is this, Jen? The church continues to look forward. Continues to grow. And Jen took him, took him back and then she came straight around to our place and she walked in the doors and she was in tears. And I've gone, oh no, Jen, what's wrong? What's Ross done? <laughs> and she reassured me. She said, who? Ross who? I haven't seen Ross. <laughs> and she reassured me. She said, Murray, she said, it was one of the most beautiful moments I've had with my dad to see my dad seeing part of the vision that God placed in him continue to grow and develop. And it was such a blessing for Kaz and I because I'm going to be really vulnerable now and say any time you step out in faith as a ministry team and as an eldership to follow God and to trust God, there's always doubt that comes in. And we, and we know that there are going to be people who even just some of the things we've done out in the foyer will be uncomfortable for some people. And we understand that. But we have to hold true to what God's saying. And when, when we had that affirmation, I, we just prayed together. And we just said, thank, you know, Jenny left and we just would thanked God that God would give us that insight into that moment that, that Bruce would have. We, you know, we're so excited to capture the heart of Jesus and live out his purposes here at Hume Ridge. Our vision, you've probably most, many of you would, would, would know it already, but I'm going to share it out to you. And it, it, it's reflected beautifully by the scripture that now sits above the doors of the auditorium. Many of you would have seen that scripture as you walk through the doors of the auditorium. The, the, the vision, the thumbprint, the unique thumbprint for humage moving forward comes out of this passage in Psalm 37, verse 23. I'm going to read from the Passion Version. It says this. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. And God delights in every step they take to follow him. Let me read it again. The steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. And God delights in every step that they take to follow him. The church God has given, the vision God has given us here at Hume Ridge in this next season is a simple one. He's calling you, he's calling me, he's calling us, Hume Ridge, to be in passionate pursuit of Jesus. Simple. God wants you and I to be in passionate pursuit of Jesus Christ. You know, well, that's pretty simple, Murray. I was, I was ready to write it down. It's easy to remember, isn't it? He wants us to be in passionate pursuit of him. I wonder what you think of when you hear the words in passionate pursuit of Jesus. And for me, it's active. It's not a church that's sitting back. It's a church that's active in our prayer life. It's a church that's active in the way we live our lives. It's a church that's active in seeking and saving those who don't yet know Jesus. It's a church that's active in recognizing the gifts and abilities we have and living them out for the glory of God. It's a church that's active in our mission fields where we see a need in Papua New Guinea and we step into that like our Gendet project is doing and, and, and the other ministry mission areas that we're doing. It's a church that doesn't sit back. We, we, we wait on God, but when God speaks, we don't sit around and go, well, what do we think? We step. And God delights in every step we take when we follow him. We're talking about the church and Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world, and the local church is the best expression of that hope. And God wants you and I to be the best expression of the hope of the world that is Jesus. He delights in us when our goal is to serve him. He delights in us when we proactively go after and pursue Jesus and everything that he's about. 
Rather than saying, God, I'm doing this, will you bless it? God, what are you about? How can I be a part of it? God, who are you calling us to be a part of? What do you want us to be a part of right now? How are you moving and how can I tap into that? God, you're a bigger God than I've ever experienced, so I'm not going to sit back and go, well, that's how I understand God. A passionate pursuit of Jesus says, God, you're bigger than I understand. I want to know something new about you. I want to understand something new and fresh. And whether you're 8 or 80, 9 or 90, none of us know God as much as he wants us to. And he says, if you passionately pursue me, I will reveal more about me to you than you've ever experienced before. That's his promise. Because he wants us to, he delights when we pursue him. From the moment, first moment in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve went against God and moved away from God. Do you remember what God did? He walked through the garden looking. He was pursuing. He continued to pursue. And from that moment, right through, echoing through the generations, and will echo through the generations, God has always pursued us. He's always gone after us. He's always looking for us. He's always calling us. Our God is constant, yet inactivity, passivity, apathy are not an appropriate response to a God who stands at the door and knocks. God comes to our hearts and knocks at our hearts and says, will you invite me in? He's the God who comes. He's the God who's active. Passivity is not appropriate to the God who leaves the 99 and goes after the one who's lost. Rather than going, come on. He goes after. He comes after you and I. That's how much he loves us. Inactivity is not an appropriate response to the one who passionately and intentionally chose you and me and then hung on a cross for our salvation. That's not apathy. That's a Jesus who passionately pursues us and continues to passionately pursue us. Apathy, inactivity is not an appropriate response to the God whose eyes transverse across the earth looking for people who will say yes to him. And every time we make a decision to be in passionate pursuit of him, we're saying yes, Jesus, and no to the things that pull us away from him. Imagine every morning, God, I'm here, and I'm going to be in passionate pursuit of you today. Now, some of you hear that word passion, you go, Murray, I'm just not a passionate guy. You use the word passion, and that just doesn't fit with me. I don't get it. When I talk about passion, sometimes I talk about, I use another word, I talk about the word burden. You have such a burden to pursue God that nothing will get in the way. Imagine a church that has a vision that every one of us would fall so deeply in love with God, that we are so passionate, so burdened for the things of God, that nothing's going to get in the way. Can you imagine the impact we could have for the kingdom? Jesus wants you and I to have a fervor, a passion, a burden to seek him, to follow him, to step into the vision and the calling he has for us. God doesn't want us to be a church that goes through the motions. He doesn't want to be even to be a church that lives on our past experiences and our past achievements, no matter how good they've been. The worst thing we could do is continue to look back and say, look at what, look at what we were able to achieve. And that's amazing. And there'll be a time for that when we stand before the Father. 
Look at what you've achieved. Look at what we've achieved. But I say this often, there's a reason why the windscreen in a car is much bigger than the rearview mirror. Because it's, we, spend, we, we need to spend more time looking forward. Yes, glance at the rearview mirror and reflect on what's been and celebrate what's been, of course, absolutely important. But if we spend so much time doing this, what's going to happen? We're going to have an accident. We're going to have a crash. So God says, glance, reflect, celebrate. And we do that really well as a church. But then he says, will you look forward and will you come to me into the future? Will you come with me in passionate pursuit of the Jesus who died and rose again that we might have life and have what sort of life? What sort of life? Abundant life. That's what he's calling us to. You know, when Kaz and I got married 30 years ago, 31 this November, we, um, we had God at the centre. And I remember that the, the wedding day was just a beautiful day. And we had God, she looked absolutely stunning. And we had, um, we had, and we had God at the centre and we, we prayed a prayer together and we, we shared our vows. And we both had a vision for our marriage. We both had a vision for how our marriage would look how our family would look, how our future would look. But we had, to con- we had to continue to decide to hold on to that vision and live that vision out. We had to continue to decide to embrace it and step into that vision because there were tough times. There were times where we took our focus off our marriage. There were times where we took our focus off one another. There were times where I put my needs and my desires and what I wanted ahead of what we decided together as a couple. There were tough times. And sometimes it took longer than others, but God kept bringing us back to a place where we continue to go, no, 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 let's get back on track. Let's realign with the vision we have for our marriage. Let's realign with the vision we have for our family. Let's realign for the vision God's placed in us. We came back to the place where we started to pursue. When we had that really tough time in our marriage, we said, We need to get back to pursuing one another again. To truly fall in love with one another again. To truly understand one another again. And today, I say, and I say this unashamedly, the love that I have for my wife is stronger now than it's ever been after 30 years of marriage. And I don't just say that as a line, that is truth. But that's not just happened, it's happened because we've decided we're going to keep coming back and passionately pursue each other, learn more about each other, put each other first, intentionally seek out each other. Church, God wants us to go after him, to passionately pursue him, to put him before all others, all others, to step into a faith-filled future. And I wonder... This morning, if, if we're ready. I wonder this morning if you and I are ready to make this not just a nice message that was a bit pumped up and a bit of a hot, but actually go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step into that. I want to be a person that's known for my passion in my pursuit of Jesus Christ. Wherever we're at in our journey of faith. A future where God opens doors of incredible opportunities because he has a faith-filled group of people who are going after him. A future where we're ready. When God says go, we say where. When God says now, we start moving. Even if we don't have the full picture, but we know what he's saying in the moment. 
to be all God's created us to be. He has a measure. Ephesians said he has immeasurably more for us. And his vision for each of us at Hume Ridge is to be a community of believers that are fully going after him. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. Paul says, Now to him, her, who is, now, sorry, now to him is, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to, according to God's power that is at work in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever, ever, and amen. Now to God who is, who is able to do immeasurably more than you and I could hope or imagine. Read, we, just, we don't even know the smallest part of who God is and how he can work in our lives. You know, we, we probably, if, if, God, if we think about God and understanding the fullness of God, I, I'll talk about me, I probably have got maybe 5%. There's 95% of God he still wants to reveal to me. And he's saying, will you come and follow me that I might reveal that truth? The Passion Version puts it beautifully, puts it this way. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. See, we're in, when we're in passionate pursuit of Jesus, he brings the energy. He empowers. He prompts. He leads us. He encourages us. He rebukes us. He moves us the way he wants. But he says, will you be pursuing? Think about it this way. If I'm on a journey and I'm pursuing the things of God and I'm like this, I'm, I'm moving towards it and I'm, and I'm following God, I can be, that's one way I can be doing it. Or I can be going, well, I'll wait until God moves and then I'll be part of what God wants to do. Now, this is not about prayer. We need to continually be praying. But just think practically. What's easier to traverse into a situation or a circumstance? Murray who sits here going, I'm happy with what is. And it's like... Kaz, I, I told you I loved you when we got married. If anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> or maybe I should be telling her regularly that I love her and appreciate her. So I could live my Christian faith going, well, God, I stepped you into my life and I love you. You know I love you and, and here I am and you know, I'm ready to be used by you. Or, God, here I am and I want to go after the things that you're about. So will you show me what you're about? I'm reading your word and I'm spending time in prayer and I'm talking to others and I'm part of the community and I'm on a journey. And I mean, you know, I find it's easier for me, if, even if I'm going down the wrong direction, then God can do this than if I'm just sitting there waiting. God wants us to be active in our faith. God delights when we passionately pursue him in the things that he's about. Remember again, Psalm 37, that core verse, verse 23, the steps, the steps of the God-pursuing ones follow firmly in the footsteps of the Lord. God delights what? In every step they take to follow him. Passionate pursuit. Passionate pursuit. Where are people who are going to be, who are in faith, in passionate pursuit of Jesus? From the moment Jesus was born, people have been intentionally seeking him. Look at the scriptures. They've been pursuing him. They've been sacrificing to be with him, to join him. As a baby, wise men, shepherds, kings came from kilometers away in passionate pursuit of the Savior, the baby. As a young man, people travel kilometers, kilometers and kilometers, all over the place to hear this young man, Jesus, speak. Passionate pursuit of him. Men would carry ill and sick friends 
miles, kilometers to see him. They would lower their sick friends through the roofs of houses, passionately pursuing the touch of Jesus for their lives. Apostles, the apostles and the disciples would do crazy things like getting out of boats in the middle of the water, passionately because Jesus said, come to me. And not looking at the circumstances, Peter gets out of the boat to passionately pursue Jesus. You're going to hear this phrase a lot because that's what he's saying he wants me to do. That's what he's saying he wants the board of elders to do. And that's how he wants us to lead this church. And that's how he wants the ministry team and the pastors to lead this church in passionate pursuit of Jesus. And what we're saying is, would you embrace it too? Would you in your personal life, it's all good to say, yep, we'll embrace it as a church. Would you personally consider a refreshing of your relationship with Jesus? Just like we've refreshed and renewed some of the buildings. See, there's more to it than just looking nice, although looking nice is beautiful. There's something about when we refresh and renew. You think about it when you do a spring clean. There's a newness and a freshness and an excitement. Well, God wants to do that in our hearts. And he's calling us, all of us, to be in passionate pursuit of him. Mark 12, verse 30 says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He's saying, stop praying, God bless what I'm doing, and start praying, God, what are you doing? What are you about? How can I be a part of that? I want you you to help me to be a part of what you're already blessing. Let me read out of the, the Old Testament, out of Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 27. But from there you will search again, for the Lord your God. And if you search him with all your heart and your soul, you will find him. When you passionately pursue Jesus, he's not the sort of God that says, pursue me, pursue me, and then goes and walks away. It's like, it's like the father that we shared in, in the Red series. It's like the father with the prodigal son. He stands and waits. The father stands and waits for the prodigal to return. And then as soon as he sees him from a 2020 vision, he sees him from a distance, the son, the prodigal son, the son that's fallen away. And the, and the father sees him from a distance and he runs towards him. Remember I talked about he, he just he didn't worry about what he looked like. He pulled up his cloak and he ran towards him and he embraced him. The father says, would you, that's my passion for you. Will you have that same passion for me? Deuteronomy chapter 10, 30 and verse 10 says, The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice, keep his commandments and his decrees written in this book of instruction. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul. You see, this is what living with passionate pursuit means. It's when we get back to the place of the early church, where God's people had courageous faith in Jesus. When he spoke, they responded. When people gave their lives fully, when they were completely committed to Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Where they lived out some of these worship songs and these hymns that we sing, they actually lived them out. They were completely committed. They didn't just sing the songs. They lived out the faith life. They were generous with their time and their talent and their finances. They gave in every way. And the Apostle Paul knew this well. In a letter to the Colossians, he says this. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for masters. He recognized every day was an opportunity to display his passion for Christ, wherever the space. As I come to a close with this, I want to read a quote 
from Margaret Feinberg, who was a Jew who was converted to Christianity and, and is a well-known writer. And she talks about this concept of pursuing God. And I love the way she puts it. So um, it's not on the, on the screen. I don't think I've, I've got it for the screen. But I just want you to listen to the words that she says. She says, her name is Margaret Feinberg, too, if you, if you want to take notes and follow up on some stuff there. She says this. She says, when we passionately pursue God above all else, the tone and tenacity with which we live our lives changes. Holiness beckons. Divine expectation flourishes. Hope returns. Love abounds. Margaret says, in response, we awaken. We toss back the covers. We climb out of bed and drink in the fullness of life that God intended for us. We live alert to the wonders all around us and within us that expand our desire to know him even more. Let me read it again. Beautiful. Maybe just if, if you want, if you're comfortable, close your eyes and let, the, let these words just wash over you. When we passionately pursue God above all else, the tone and tenacity with which we live our lives changes. Holiness beckons. Divine expectations flourish. Hope returns. Love abounds. In response, we awaken. We toss back the covers. We climb out of bed and drink in the fullness of life that God intended for us. We live alert to the wonders all around us and within us that expand our desire to know God more. Worship team, if you want to come up. Church, we believe that God's calling for us is to be in passionate pursuit of him. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about, so what does that mean? What does that mean? What are the things we're going to do as a church community to help each of us to go on the journey of passionately pursuing him? We're going to talk about another phraseology we're going to hear a lot about here that we believe every church is called to be about. And that is that together, together, we know, grow, show and share the grace and truth of Jesus. And that's going to be some of the ways that we're going to outwork this vision. That's going to be some of the ways we're going to go, well, what does that mean practically, Murray? Well, stay tuned. Because it's going to affirm some of the things that we're already doing and it's going to challenge us to look at some other things. And when we passionately pursue him, he will build his church. We won't need to worry about him building his church. He will build his church. We will see our family members and our friends coming to know Jesus. He will add to the numbers daily those who are being saved. He will heal the sick. He will touch the brokenhearted. He will provide for the needy. He will bring satisfaction. He will bring fulfillment. He will bring fruit. We don't have to strive for that. We don't have to make that happen. When we pursue the things of God, God says, I rejoice and I bless. It's time for many of us to, as Margaret says, to wake up to the true purposes for our lives. It's time for me to stop seeking the things of the world and the things that I want, but start to think of, seek, seek for the things that God wants for me, for, my, for the church, for his church. So what are the great things he's calling us to? Now, there are things like seeing the church continue to grow and develop. We talked about we're part of the churches of Christ. We sure are. 
our business manager, Alistair, and I went down to the Church of Christ offices a, a few weeks ago and they started talking to us about what it would look like for us to, to plant churches, to plant other churches, to come alongside other churches and encourage and support them. Churches of Christ want to walk with us in that. And we'll pray about that and we'll seek that and seek the timing of that. We're going to think about doing things like internships, creating intentional opportunities for people, young and old, to intentionally grow deeper in the things of God and see what God might be saying about their futures. We're going to look at how we can, we can, we can really identify in, in greater detail our mission area. You know, many of you knew that we were supporting around 30 different mission areas and we felt like we just weren't, you know, some were making a huge impact, but we wanted to define them. We've defined them down to about 10 now. And so things like ICCF and Gandep and, 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 and CAP, some of the local mission stuff that we're doing, and some of the, we, we, want to, we want to detail into that and say, God, what are you saying? How can, how, can we be, how can we step even more as we passionately pursue you in serving the needs, not just locally but globally? What does that look like for us? Maybe taking people on, on awareness mission trips. Providing water, clean water for people who, who can't drink. Creating opportunities for you to know your spiritual gifts. We've just done a, a, a young adults retreat where we had about 60 young adults. We took them through an opportunity for them to come to know their spiritual gifts. And already we're getting incredible feedback where God is coming alive in them. We're saying, we realize this is my gift. How can I use it for the glory of God? I'm going to use this in my workplace. I'm going to coming alive and that's going to be an engine in this church for every one of us to know and to live out the identity and the purpose God has for us people who are in passionate pursuit of Jesus are unashamed like our logo we have a purpose we're bold we have direction we have a calling we're united we're faith filled we know the best is yet to come we're ready to respond to the things of God we're standing in anticipation we're moving towards him we're saying God here I am use me personally and as a church that's the new season that I want to be a part of that we as a ministry team and as an eldership want to be a part of imagine what God can do in us and through us as we stand on the shoulders of those who've been I want to take a moment now and I'm going to ask the, um, the elders who are here. We've got ministries happening all over the church, so some of, these, some of the team may not be able to come up the front now. But if I can ask all the board of elders to come up. Kaz, can you come up? Come on up now, guys. Pardon? Um, no, 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 let's stand up here. Let's stand up here so people can see faces. And if I can ask the ministry team, the pastors and the ministry team to come and join. Because I've been sharing this, but this is, this is a, a vision that God has placed in our leadership. And so it would be wrong for me to stand and do all this and talk about all this without having the team. And I didn't want them to stand up here for 30-something minutes. So, Awesome, guys. Awesome, Matty. It was good. I wanted to make sure Matt, we got Matt, Matt in from kids. Matt doesn't always wear this jacket. Um, <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Awesome. Thank you. We're going to pray in a moment, and um, these are the team of people that, that you have um, you've empowered to lead us as a community. Can we just encourage them? Can I just say without, I love seeing more and more women in this group of people too. Amen? Amen.
You just throw that out there. Um, we're going to pray in a moment. And uh, we've, been, we've been working working with this vision and allowing this vision to wash over us for, for months as we've gone through this. And for many of you, this is the first time you're hearing it. So I do not want to impose anything in this moment. But we're going to stand and we're going to pray. And you'll see that they're standing shoulder to shoulder. Because we're saying, you know, we're united in being in passionate pursuit of Jesus. And I guess the question I want to ask you with no pressure is if you feel, as we've been sharing, that that's a vision that you want to embrace. No pressure. And you can stand. If you can't stand, then I just want you to raise your hand to say, you know what, I want to be part of that vision. But if you can stand and you want to say, you know what, I want to go on that journey. I want to be in passionate pursuit of Jesus. I want this church to be in passionate pursuit of Jesus. Then can I invite you to stand? No pressure. If you're not standing, that's totally fine. You may want more time to think this through. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you're sitting and you can't stand, then you just feel free to just raise your hand. Now, what I'd like you to do is maybe just to move shoulder to shoulder with someone. Let's see if there's we can move across. You know what would be really cool? Let's, let's have the middle people stay still and everybody else move towards them. That way we're not all moving. So just move towards. So you've got some people around you who are shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. So we do this as a sign of unity. This is not a gimmick. This is a sign of unity to say, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And we're going to walk with you, God, in passionate pursuit of you, and we're going to trust you that you're going to lead us along pathways where we're going to, we're going to see more of you. You're going to reveal more of yourself. And we're going to be in such a place where when you speak, we respond, and we see you move in a powerful powerful way. I was going to pray, but I want to ask John to pray. Have we got um, the, the microphone that Kaz used? And it's on. Where is it? They're right in the centre. Would you, would you just pray over all of us around, around that holy unity? Thank you. Dear Lord, here we... Stand passionately passionately seeking you shoulder to shoulder Father as you look upon us May you be pleased with the steps we have taken. Yes. As you have pursued us, may we pursue you. Yes. Lord, give us that purpose. Give us that direction. Give us that passion. Will you bless each one in the auditorium in their personal pursuit of you? Yes. And Lord, bless us as a community of believers in our passionate pursuit. Help us to express that passion to a world, to a world that needs to hear 
of our great God. We claim your blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Let's affirm our God. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, John. So if you thought that was amazing, we've just spent um, some time. Thank you. Thank you, team. We've just spent some time at a, a conference in, on the Gold Coast preparing for the Global Leadership Summit. And um, some of the team were there. And one of the nights we were just heading back to our room, um, Kaz and myself and um, um, Jamie and Brendan were sharing a, another room. And, and as we were getting, about to get in the lift, Brendan grabs us and says, hey, can I just share something with you? And um, anyway, he, he pulls us over and sits down and said, hey, we listen to this. And he plays us a song. And it's a song that he wrote as he's been praying and reflecting on this vision. And when I heard it, when Kaz and I heard it, I did all but become a little bit like John just then. And he's going to lead us in that song now.